Right now, Hold the Light Collective and Aloka Home are offering limited edition one-of-a-kind quilts that were hand-stitched in India 60 to 80 years ago. Created from layers of saris, these vintage pieces possess the unique patina of time. They're ideal for your moments of stillness and silence. You are worthy of such beauty. To shop these blankets, visit holdalightcollective.com forward slash quilts. Hi, welcome to Hold the Light, a show for lifelong learners who are curious about the ways we can deepen our connection to our spiritual and personal growth. I'm Lori Gunning Grossman. Today on the show, I have Natalie Miles, a psychic medium, writer, and host of the podcast, Things That Die. I've been familiar with Natalie for several years now, first with her prior podcast called So You Think You're Intuitive, and then through various classes and workshops that she's offered. I also love her channeled activation audio series called The Doorway, which, as she says, connects you to your own personal truth and inner wisdom. They've played a significant part in my own spiritual journey, as I've listened to them many, many times. So when Natalie launched her new podcast, Things That Die, I knew that I wanted to talk to her here on Hold the Light. Why? Because the conversations she's having now are about breaking the taboo around the subject of death and endings that we face in our lives. While on the surface, it may sound heavy, the way that Natalie presents it has a lightness to it. Because endings, as we know, are also beginnings. And when talking about death, it's not just about the physical, it's also about life transitions. When one door closes and a new door opens, we can't have one without the other. As Natalie says, it's in the collective right now. Lots of us are experiencing big death and endings, big transitions. And she believes it's important that we talk about this. So I think you'll really enjoy this conversation. I certainly did. It's another way for us to gain clarity on how we want to live fully and authentically. And so here is my chat with the wise and wonderfully intuitive Natalie Miles. So I want to start by telling you my intention for our conversation. Yeah, go for it. Okay. So Natalie, my intention for our conversation is to talk about endings and death as a way to inform and inspire us all to live our lives fully authentically and connected to something greater than ourselves and to hold the light to you and your work as you've been bringing these topics to the forefront. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay. So first, to get started, you are a channeler, you are a medium, you have your own spirit team. So I'm curious as to what your spirit guides have said to you about this topic of death and endings. Were you guided to focus on this in this direction, specifically with your podcast, Things That Die, and with the work that you're doing now? Yeah, I just, it'd been kind of bubbling underneath the surface. And I had been noticing that a lot of people were going through a lot of change and transformation and endings, and that that was also a reason why people come and have one-on-one sessions with me or they download my activations. It's, you know, it is because people are transitioning from an ending into a beginning or there's a change where they're transforming. 
but that there is a level, a massive level of uncomfortability talking about endings and not just physical death endings of leaving our bodies, but also the transition from closing a door on one life chapter and and entering a new chapter and a new phase. So it became clear that this needed to be um, spoken about, but that I also got the push last summer. So 2022, it'd been floating around and then I was traveling. I drove across Canada last year. So I drove from the West Coast to the East Coast of Canada and uh, on a bit of a adventure and <laughs> spiritual adventure. And um, as part of that, I was on a ferry um, going uh, from Vancouver Island back to Vancouver. And I overheard this mum, this mum talking to her little girl in the bathroom. And uh, this little girl um, was really confused. You could tell by the tone of her voice. I was in the cubicle, so I couldn't see them until I got out. And um, but there's basically this this mom was explaining that her grandfather wasn't going to be at the family event that they were going to because um, that their grand the, the grandfather had gone on a inverted commas really long hike. And I suddenly realized that this woman was basically trying to say to this seven-year-old that her grandfather wasn't going to be there because he was dead and he moved to the other side. And I was like, wow, it really like stopped me in my tracks because you could see this little girl really confused, trying to catch up to like what her, her mum was saying. But also in Canada, like when you go on a hike, you also encounter bears and cougars and coyotes and other big, large prey. And you could see her kind of, you know, yeah, like kind of like, well, hang on a second. Isn't that more dangerous that my grandfather's like lost in the mountains, like with all these animals versus the mum having the confidence to share and talk about with her daughter that, yeah, that her, the grandfather wasn't, you know, in the physical body anymore. So that was really inspiring around that, that, you know, that something needed to be spoken about. Cause I was like, wow, you know, the next generation, our descendants need to have a better relationship to death, but also how can we educate ourselves you know, how can we educate ourselves so we feel empowered to actually talk about something and not fear about it and kind of make excuses around it, like that, that there's like an adult awkwardness around it. And then also on to bring it back to Spirit Team, um, my guides gave me the name of the title of the podcast or the title Things That Die in a Dream so they, I had a dream about it. In the dream, they were like, you need to remember this. You need to remember this. You need to remember this. And then they would give it to me again and I'd fall back dreaming. They're like, no, Natalie, you need to remember this. So I remember waking up in the dark and writing it down in my phone, things that die. Um, and then the next step I always do is then I go on the next day on to like GoDaddy or some other buy URL and see if it's there and go and buy it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it all kind kind of came to fruition. I mean, it's a it's in the collective. Lots of us are experiencing big death and endings, big transitions. Yes. Um 2023, the energy forecast theme for the year is moving on. And of course, moving on brings in lots of death and endings. So it just felt really important that we talk about this. 
I love it. I find it to be so fascinating because I do think that in death and endings, it's also a way of reframing it as beginnings and rebirth. And that's what I feel like you are bringing to the forefront. Do you feel that way? Yeah. And just, I think it's also, yeah, making it about the transformation qualities of it, but making people feel empowered by it versus stepping into fear around it. It's, you know, many people don't live their most authentic life out of fear of the ending or actually even the fear of the physical death. The amount of times that comes up in my one-on-one client sessions that people aren't making the deci- the heart-based decisions that feel intuitively right that they should do because actually it's a fear of living that we actually hold this real big fear of living or this fear of actually getting the things we want or actually living the life that's in front of us. Um, and so there is this fear of death that's associated with actually us getting to be us and live the life that we want to live. Oh my gosh. Oh gosh. When you say that, my heart, my heart kind of starts to like beat a little faster too, because it's beautiful. And yes, it's a little nerve wracking too. The thought of like, okay, stepping into the void, the unknown, when we have endings and deaths of any kind. It is a moment of being brave. I want to say something really quickly. I love that you got the hit of the name of your podcast in your dream and that you listen to it. I mean, obviously, because you are so in tune with your intuition. I just think that's so beautiful. That's such a beautiful lesson for people to also take from this and to hear that we are given the signs. Sometimes it comes in a dream and it's about listening to it, even when it might sound like, where did this come from? Completely. And then, as you say, like taking action on it and being like, okay, this is important. This wouldn't be given to me if it wasn't important. This wouldn't be something to action on if it wasn't important. And it's, you know, growing that trust muscle. Um, and, and trusting the, what's the one word I want to use? The adaptation. I think one thing that people always comment on is like, Nat, you're really good at adapting of like what feels right or what feels wrong or what's authentic to you. And I feel that it's been, you know, it's, it's not easy. The endings aren't easy. The limbo, bardo space in between isn't easy but sometimes you have to just be like okay what's my most authentic expression of myself right now you know I was saying this to someone the other day that I struggle I mean hats off to the people on social media that talk about the same thing or the same theme for like 10 years or you know or even five years of of a business amazing I would just get real (laughs) I would really struggle with that because I'm shifting and evolving. And so anyone that's feeling that they should keep doing the same thing because it's brought them success or it's brought them numbers or it's brought them the safety that they need, but they're feeling unfulfilled or that something's missing or they know what they should be doing, but they don't want to do it. It's like, go for it. You just never know what's on the other side of taking that leap and seeing what's there. Right. Let's talk about that a little bit. I think a lot about the void, the unknown, the unseen right now. And I know that there are a lot of other people I speak with who are thinking about it too. So some people losing a job. What's next? 
Some people, their kids are going off to college. What's next? Things feel like a void. Some people, their parents are aging and they're looking at losing their parents soon. What's next? It's that void, you know, that I think is so scary to people. And I'll speak from personally as well, trying to embrace it. When you're working with your clients or even for yourself or say friends and family you talk to, how do you work with people or talk with people on how they can embrace the voids and the unknown? Just, I think there's a lot of pressure right now that we should have clarity 110% of the time. There's a pressure that we should be achieving 110% of the time, or we should be growing, or we should be striving, or we should be calling in the next thing when actually that's just not human in any shape or form. So I think when there is that space that we don't have all the clarity, it's actually a time of integration, integrating what was, but also even if it's taking longer to come forward into physical form, it's about honoring the ending that was asking for the clarity of what's next. And sometimes it can be just um, like a refinement. It's a refining time of getting really clear. Well, what are my values? Well, what is important to me? How do I want to live my life? What kind of people do I want around me? How do I really want to earn my money? What do I really want to spend it on? Where do I really want to live in the world, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there is this space to refine that. So instead of seeing it as this kind of big open cavern of nothingness where you feel like you're suspended in all time and space, you know, um, they're just, I'm just getting this image of like an astronaut in space, um, you know, at the end of the line hanging outside of the, you know, your spacecraft. (laughs) (laughs) Like instead of seeing it like that, It's actually seeing that you have the space around you, but you're held and supported in that. So it's instead, it's like seeing that you're actually held in, you know, the most comfortable sofa couch that you could imagine and that you're actually kind of floating on a cloud that's got you, that's helping you move from A to B and that it is this time of refinement and, and not seeing it that, Everything is so big and daunting and scary in that. And I also think it's, you know, when I myself go through these moments, it's just bringing it back to the day. Like, what can I do today? Where am I at today? And it sounds really cheesy about like, oh, bring it back to the present moment. But really, when I'm overwhelmed by um, what is next, it is just breaking it down into where I'm at today. What can I do today? What feels good in my body today? What tiny thing can I do that feels like a movement forward, even if it isn't? Is it sending an email? Actually, it might not be doing anything that day. It actually might just be, you know, listening to your favorite music, getting out into nature or having that extra sleep that you actually need. So it's really about honoring where you're at in the transition too. Yeah, I love that. It doesn't sound cheesy at all to me (laughs) to get present. So in the refinement of clarity, in addition to like you just mentioned, listening to music or getting more sleep, do you also have certain 
tools or practices that you like, like like writing, certain kinds of meditation? Is it long walks in nature so people can have that space? What I'm hearing is like a little bit of silence and stillness to bring in the clarity. Silence, stillness, I think being in your own energy as well and making sure you have those moments to be in your own energy where other people aren't planting seeds of what their expectations are of you for what's next or other people trying to take you out of that void space where they're like, well, come on then, like, let's go. You've, you've been in this space long enough. And I think it's, it's about, um, yeah, honoring your energy and knowing what's influencing you and feeling that you should rush forward or make a decision I think we can be influenced by not just people, but other external factors. And so that's really important to kind of notice and understand. But yeah, finding that silence. I mean, for me, I mean, my dog gets me up at stupid time right now in the morning because it's so light. In fact, the other day I was like, can it be winter again? So I get that extra 90 minutes sleep. (laughs) But what it does mean is that early, early, I'm in nature uh, you know, right at the crack of dawn and I'm experiencing nature when it's rousing in the morning and there's something very special about processing the space and processing what feels uncomfortable in the body because I'm out walking, you know, 45 minutes to an hour every single morning that's making me get back in my body, which mm. is bringing the vitality back into my body that's then helping me feel inspired to create what's next. I love it. I will also say, anybody listening, to go to your Instagram account, because in addition to you post about things on Things That Die, but also you post such beautiful photos of the nature you're experiencing. I love it so much. Yeah, and it's so fascinating because that's just been a really natural transition where I was before always kind of going onto sites and getting like videos and cool graphic stuff. And I was suddenly like, what am I doing? I have like the puff, I'm in these amazing places. And it just felt that again, it's that, nature holding us in the energy, nature holding us in the transition, nature holding us in the space of the unknown, in the death, in the endings. And you can't get more imagery of death than being in nature. Like every single day, you know, the transitions, not just through seasons, but just seeing, you know, the death that shows up in nature, the animals that I see, Yeah, it's there. (laughs) It's gorgeous. So we're talking a little bit about individually, about us as people embracing um, endings and death. I'm wondering, is there something that we as a collective right now could or should be embracing about death and endings and what and why and how? (laughs) Yeah, it's so fascinating because people always say, because I do channel like lots of themes to the collective a lot of people have commented why are you talking about this why bringing this subject up why is this important because it makes people feel really uncomfortable there's a lot of people that won't listen to the podcast because it has the word die in it or has the theme of death because they then think it's going to be making them feel uncomfortable so they're not actually 
even want to hit play on an episode, which is fascinating when the conversations that have been had are the most playful and the most fun. And there's a sense of lightness and a sense of joy from it. But because the topic is so big, it makes people be like, oh, okay, I'm not ready for that. Hmm. And that is the calling of the collective that if you can't even hit play on a podcast as something as simple of lots of different topics, how we face death and endings in our life, if that's one person, then what does that say about the collective? We live in a death phobic culture where we deny death. We're, you know, we're here to promote us not dying um, with skincare and how longevity and wellness and how we just keep going and keep going and keep going and how we always need to be living our best lives and the wellness industry and the spiritual industry that's always like, you can be better, you can be better, you can have more, you can have more. And I think that as a collective is expanding, but also when people listen to uh, their own intuition and their own heart space, people are tired of it, Mm. the tiredness of that. So I think the death and endings also of what we've experienced over the last three years with the pandemic is also we're coming out of the other side of that. And we're also having to look at our relationship to death and endings that is associated with the last three years. But as we do that, we also can't forget that there was a lot of fear around the death element of the last three years, but also it's like, okay, I see that, but how do we move on from that, but not move on and forget, but move on and integrate so that we can be more resilient humans going forward. There's a resiliency and death is always going to be around us. And you look at what's happening on the planet with our systems, the financial systems, our food systems, um, climate, you know, all of it, we're going to be facing a lot more death on this planet, you know, and that's just the reality of it. And when people say, you know, the planet's going to go extinct. It's like, no, no, the planet and nature survives. Like this planet survives. It's just us as humans. And I think that's also why I'm having this conversation because uh, the intuitive hit is that we're going to be experiencing more death on this planet. So let's talk about it. (laughs) Let's talk about it. Oh my gosh. Just, just a little light subject. Actually, yeah. But you know what? I will say Like on your podcast, your latest one is about, or the latest one I listened to, I think it was last week, is about essentially what brings you joy. Yeah. Like what do you love? What do you love? What what brings you joy? What what do you love being, you know, what lights you up? What does love mean for you in living? Because in the end, living and dying exist together. It's not just the finiteness of death. It's about how can you embody living and love it and what does that mean even though that you're facing endings like and and how can you recalibrate yourself to living fully and living present and loving fully and being in that energy and making those really conscious choices in your body that feel so good that there's nothing left behind that when you've you're there on your deathbed you've you've lived in the most authentic way. And there's an episode, that I, a conversation that I had with Stephen Jenkinson on the podcast. And that's what he was really talking about is that 
this isn't about how you die. This is about how you live. Like this is about living authentically and doing that now. And that that's the most important thing that you can do. It's so good. It's so good to think about this. And as you mentioned, think about, say, on our deathbed or when it's our time to die. Think about that moment and then backtrack. Like, you know, when we die, what is a life well lived? So what does that mean for us? And how can we show up for ourselves every day? So that's why I love these conversations. And I love that you are bringing this to the forefront because there is a lightness to it. There really is. There really is. And it's about finding the lightness. And I'm a Brit, so it's also about finding the dark humor in things. Like, (laughs) I think we we have that as as a nation of bringing the dark humor as part of all of that. And I think there is, there is that, there is that energy and that reflection, that reflection point. But so many people are going through massive endings and transformations in their own life right now. So many people don't have the clarity of what is happening in their life right now. It is big. It's showing up in the collective. It's uncomfortable. And yeah, we're being pushed out of our comfort zones for for a reason, even if we don't, if it doesn't make sense right now. But again, it's that whole, you know, if during COVID everyone was like, oh, this is, this is making me realize what's really important in my life, what I really want to do. And now we're coming out the other side and it's like, you know, all those things that you said three years ago that you said you'd make the changes on and that you said you do things differently. Well, now you have the opportunity to do that. So are you going to do it? And I think that's also what's coming to the forefront is, is what's next for people off the back of that. Right. Yeah. So as you're looking ahead, as we all are looking ahead for the rest of this year and then even in the new year, are you getting any intuitive hits of a big ending to come? Um, I think the end of the year is particularly spicy. Yeah, it just feels um, with eclipse season in October. Yeah, and from reflecting on the 2023 energy forecast that was channeled through back in 2022. Yeah, the end, the end of this year has a really big bang to it. I keep right now talking about how there are like two portals right now. It's like July to October and then October to February. Those feel like the next two cycle transitions or the next two big portals of death and endings. So it's like what's being birthed now or what's shifting now, there's going to be coming to head in October. And then whatever comes to a head in October, it then drops in or there's the clarity between October and February. But yeah, it just feels... Yeah, there's a lot of friction right now. Everyone's a little scratchy. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see what the underbelly of societies um, around money, around politics, around wealth, around celebrity culture, yeah, what that looks like. Especially the money stuff in the collective is really big. There's a lot of fear around money currently, spending habits, but also, I mean, in the news, on a weekly basis, you know, people, big names being done for fraud or people, it's really interesting to see how the power games and the underbelly of the money world is being shown for what it is. But at the same time, that's bringing up a lot of collective fear in other people's finances. 
around living costs, spending costs, and people's own relationship to money too. So yeah, it's the money stuff's really big right now. All right, we'll get ready for some spiciness. <laughs> and not out of fear. It's just, I mean, everyone said, you know, the start of 2020, or, or is this it? Is, is it just going to be a year? And it's like, no, we're kind of in it in a good way. And this, again, this transformation, it's a, it's a transformation. It's stripping everything back. There's an unraveling that's happening that peaks, you know, 2026, 2027. We're in, we're in a bit of a cycle of it right now. Okay. We'll come out the other side. Yes, we will. Let's do a little embracing around all of this, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. I just have two more questions for you. Go for it, sweetie. So as you are talking about endings and death, what is the joy that you're finding in it? What are some words that bubble up for you that express your joy in talking about these topics that some people might think are a little heavier? Yeah. It's really weird, but it makes me feel really spacious. Like there's a spaciousness to talking about it. And there's also, I guess, a level of comfort. I think it's really interesting why a medium would be talking about death in a lot of ways. It makes complete sense as someone that speaks to dead people on the other side on a day-to-day basis. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So there's something around the normalcy of what I experience and making it feel approachable and open and like it, that it isn't taboo. So for me, that brings me joy in talking about something that feels taboo for people. (laughs) I get a kick out of talking about the underculture of something that people wouldn't normally talk about this. Yeah. I feel it makes me feel like I'm, being of service, if that makes sense. There's an energy, there's a joy in being of service, or there's a joy in channeling what wants to come through. I wouldn't be talking about this subject if it wasn't being channeled through from the other side to do that. That's, again, back to your first question around why this came forward. For me, I get excited by listening to the message, taking action on the message and then doing it. So for me, that's giving me a lot of joy because I know that it's coming from my spirit team, you know, another, I don't want to use the word entity, but like another energetic force that's like asking me to do this. So yeah. And of course I have, um, I kind of want to say I have, uh, there is a conscious choice where I'm making a decision and being like, yes, this feels really good in my body. You know, I don't just do everything that they say either. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Because that would be just, um, yeah, they'd be too bossy and too overwhelming. But this just feels really good in my own body. So I'm listening to it. I love it. And you're such a wonderful person to talk about this because my experience of you is that you are very light you know, there's nothing like heavy about you. Your energy doesn't feel heavy. You are a light and lightness. And to talk about this from you to our ears, I feel makes it accessible to a lot of people. So, so thank, thank you. you. Yeah, that's that's the mission is is to do that. And there's going to be some future offerings coming up over the next little bit around, yeah, how do we honor our death and endings in our lives? Like, what does that look like? And how can we truly you know, create the ritual and the practice around the endings? It just feels big. Love that so much. Okay, so one final question. So as you are leaving, 
is there one thing that you would want the listener to go away with, with knowing and understanding about death and endings from this conversation? If they could take one thing, what do you hope they hear and feel? Just that there is a lightness, that this conversation, um, you know, it can be uncomfortable to talk about it, whether it's, you know, a physical death or emotional death or a death of an identity or the loss of a job or the loss of a child or, but there is lightness in these conversations and knowing that you're ready and open to have them and taking the baby steps forward is, is massive and trusting that you're not alone right now in your death and endings. Everyone is feeling there's a sense of being overwhelmed. There's a sense of not knowing what's next. There's a sense of having all the answers one day and then waking up the next day and being like, what on earth is happening? I don't know what I'm doing with my life. Like that is the energy right now. So know that you're not alone in feeling like you're on a roller coaster. Um, but that know that the doors that are supposed to be shut right now, shut them. And when you shut them and you don't leave that energy crack open where the, the past is still seeping through, you know, as a little ray of light that's still asking you to, you know, just to take notice, really honor the doors right now that need to be shut and the doors to be locked and the key thrown away so that you can actually be in that space of emptiness so that you can actually notice and be aware of what is the new thing that is actually trying to get your attention. It's so good. I love this so much. (laughs) Natalie, (laughs) thank you so much for talking to me today. You truly are a light holder, and I appreciate your wisdom and your guidance. And I really appreciate you taking the time to talk here on Hold the Light. Thanks for having me. Of course. To learn more about Natalie, including her private one-on-one sessions, her workshops, and other upcoming projects, visit her website, natalie-miles.com. Also, be sure to listen and subscribe to her podcast, Things That Die. I've linked to it in the show notes. And you can also find her on Instagram at I am Natalie Miles. Thanks for listening. Keep holding the light. Thank you for listening to Hold the Light. For more information about this episode and the topics discussed, visit our show notes or find more at holdthelightcollective.com or on Instagram at holdthelightcollective. This podcast is produced by me, Lori Gunning Grossman. Jonathan Grossman is our co-producer and all-around sound guru. He also wrote the original music. This podcast is recorded and mixed at Night Shift Audio in Los Angeles, California. Finally, if you like the show, please rate, review, and share it with a friend. Let's share the light with each other.